a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Wrestling, and I might have to change the title of this show because we've been covering so many um, sporting events that aren't wrestling um, that, I don't know, maybe you need to come up with a name and have like, like, like a contest or something. But uh, for now, it stays This Is Wrestling. But this week, we are covering uh, Triller Fight Club's Triad Combat debut, which was a one hell of a night, man. Had a great, great time. Uh, this was my first MMA event, uh, at least live. Uh, and I and I couldn't have been treated better. And we had a great seat in the media section right next uh, to Matthew Wells from uh, from MMA Junkie, who was awesome and patient with me because I, I did as much research as I could possibly could, could have done going into this. And uh, but he was super cool. There was a guy to my left who actually re- recorded my interview uh, that you're going to hear in a little bit. But it was so loud in there that I didn't quite catch his name, and I wish that I had. I might have to ask Matthew who he was so I can thank him and give him a shout out at some point as well because he was so cool. Because you know you, you you've all have you know if you're if you do what I do you you do these events and you go to these media rooms and you go to these press conferences and for the most part everybody's pretty cool you know you meet new people and that's that's kind of a fun part of it and and you learn from each other and and you start seeing familiar faces and you become friendly and even friends outside of it but sometimes especially when it's your first time and you're like it's like the it's like the new guy at school there's those that are ready to welcome the new guy and then there's all others that aren't I guess you would say and so I, I I was very fortunate to be sitting next to two uh very uh articulate and uh just respectful and patient and kind people that were eager to share their knowledge with me and I'm grateful to them for that so uh anyway so yeah man it was Triller Fight Club's uh introduction to uh this thing called Triad Combat where they had set up this triangular style ring and it was set up as this thing of like MMA fighters versus boxers, right? And so what they did was <clears throat> they assigned like a team captain for MMA. And of course, in this case, it was the man, Rampage Jackson, representing uh, the MMA side. And then you had, uh, of course, a boxing legend, Shannon Briggs, that was representing uh, the boxing side and it was really fun they you know they did a lot of stuff to to make it seem you know they pit them against each other almost almost WWE style but man this event was like they understood the assignment in terms of making it this to be a just a, a huge smash just a huge impact 
and we're going to get into all of it. I uh, the main the interview I did was I did one interview, and the main one I was interested in for the main uh, fight that I was interested in was Alexa Culp, and uh, she's a great MMA fighter and just a freaking star, man. And she was uh, facing uh, Angelina Hofschneider, uh, uh, another great competitor on the boxing side. So you're going to hear from Alexa Culp. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a freaking spoiler right now. You probably already know the results, but Alexa, like not only was the first woman, is part of Triad Combat uh, in terms of in the first victor, but she sits a record that she destroys her in like 46 seconds. And so uh, you're going to hear uh, our post-interview uh, with Alexa. And she's great, man. Just a just a star. And I mean, you're and she's about to strap herself to a rocket and just take off. So I'm glad, I'm hoping, uh, excuse me, sorry. So I'm excited for you guys to hear uh, my interview with Alexa. And as we go over the fight right after it happened and that cool... I guess they call it the hot and sweaty uh, interview as she's right after, I mean, literally moments after the fight, uh, she came over and, and, and talked to us. So and was as cool and nice as she is vicious and powerful in the ring. Uh, so, yeah, man. So stick around for that. And also what's going to be cool is that, you know, when you, you hear these types of shows, anybody could have just gone online and read the re- read the results. So, you know, you don't need me to do that. Again, I always try to do these shows as what I call a people's history. So I'm going to walk you through the whole thing, like like what it was like to be there. Who was there? What did I see? Eyes on the ground, not just this person won, this person won, this is what happened in the ring. I mean, if you saw the pay-per-view, you already know what happened. You already, if you re- if you have an internet, you know what the results were. But if you weren't there, this is the show for you. Uh, and again, like I mentioned before, talking about the freaking, this the lineup of the who's who in the world of just entertainment j- that just completely legitimized the whole thing. So, so here we go, man. Quick break, and we're going to launch right into it. All right, so if you just joined us, we're talking about Triad, Triad Fight Club's Triad Combat debut that went place on... November 27, just a few days ago, and just a few days after Thanksgiving. I want to say happy holidays to everybody as well. <clears throat> and first of all, let's set the stage here. It took place at Globe Life Field, a massive indoor baseball stadium where the Rangers had their first uh, season last year. Uh, and I've been there a couple of times, of course. I'm, we're based here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And then, um, I don't know, let's see. Let's get the biggest fucking band in the world ever uh, to maybe besides the Beatles, uh, to, to be the entertainment. Like they didn't get, you know, I mean, nothing against these people, but like, like, you know, they could have gotten like, you know, Kid Rock or these are all big names as well. Or like Nickelback. No, they get freaking Metallica that literally owned the South. I guess you would say the North entrance of the, the arena. I mean, like they're at home plate in this built stage was like Metallica doing several sets throughout the night. I'm a massive Metallica fan. So so that was actually how it even came on my radar. And so so when so that's what I want to walk you through because it's like, you know, we do wrestling, you know, how did this happen? So when I saw that Metallica was coming to town and, you know, 
there's that. So that I'm automatically going to be there for that. Second, then I find out it's part of this unique uh, event that's having their debut. Now I'm definitely interested and and I've been always wanting to open the door to other things other than than just wrestling, of course. And and I thought this would be a great way to do it. So I jumped on it, and uh, so I reached out to uh, to Bernie Bombersell, who uh, from Double D, Double B Sports. You know, get it, uh, Bernie B Double B. Uh, great dude, man. And uh, he was doing the uh, his his firm also along with Magna Media. Uh, we're handling the PR for the event. And so I reached out to him and told him I was interested. And he was like, come on, man. We'd love to have you. So shout out to uh, to Bernie B uh, for, for, for having us uh, for this incredible night. So now, you know, we're all set up. Uh, a, a few things, however, and this is this is a, to, to nobody's fault, but I, I didn't quite know what to expect, even though, uh, you know, I was equipped with press information i did my homework i did my research but again this was a new thing maybe maybe nobody knew until you actually got there um and uh not only that but i also um you know i i brought all my recording gear and and, and i was going solo and but uh when i arrived i saw that there were other media outlets there um that had you know a full camera and lights and you know everybody had their laptops and and I guess I, I should have asked more questions or, 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 or didn't want to be so naive and so babe in the woods about it. Because if, if I'd known that, I would have gotten a second pass for somebody else for, you know, a cameraman here in our studio and and really had had done the, the, the full court press there. But we still managed to make it work. And I got to be honest, too, I really wanted to enjoy the Metallica concert, not having to, to you know, after the whole event without having to worry about carrying a bunch of gear and coordinating with somebody else. So, I mean, it all worked out fine. I'm just I'm just letting you know. But so when I get there and I see my name on the table, and like I said before, I was sitting between um, Matthew Wells from, from MMA Junkie and then uh, this other very nice guy that was next to me. And he actually was the one who filmed... Um, my interview with Alexa, you're going to hear here in just a little bit. So, all right. So there's all that. So we're all set and I'm, and I'm learning. And if you wanted to learn a little bit about what Trillify Club is and what this um, whole thing was about, give you a little bit of backstory. Uh, in December of last year, 2020, uh, Trilla announced, uh, first of all, you know what Trilla is. Okay. So Trilla is actually a video sharing, like social networking service. It's kind of like Twitter or, you know, Facebook, but it's for video sharing, right? Well, again, like I said, uh, <clears throat> last year, they announced a partnership with Snoop Dogg uh, to form the Trilla uh, Fight Club, a boxing league that would be produced and hosted by Snoop Dogg, and they would consist of a series of, of, of annual pay-per-view cards like this one, right? Uh, and this all kind of came from them because they were the ones that put on the, the Mike Tyson uh, Jones uh, event earlier that year. And uh, they did a bunch of huge events this year. Now, I don't know why Snoop Dogg wasn't available or hosting uh, this event. This one was hosted by Nick Cannon, who I got to meet and talk with. Great dude. Uh, this whole thing had a whole, whole hip-hop kind of vibe going. So it's kind of cool that... They also kind of incorporated Metallica, which is, of course, the opposite of hip-hop. Like, the judges were like Fat Joe and Eric B. from, of course, a legendary team of Eric B. and Rakim, one of my all-time favorite hip-hop acts ever. So getting to chat with Eric B. was awesome. Joe was cool. Nick was cool. They were all cool, man. And 
every fighter came out to some type of hip-hop song, new or old. In between each round of boxing was like an old-school joint. I mean, you were hearing, of course, you know, Jump Around from House of Pain and joints from the Beastie Boys and Public Enemy and Run DMC, just this classic thing. But what kicked off the whole thing was two songs from Italian, because we still didn't know. It was kind of like an appearance. This was originally stated as this, an appearance by Metallica, okay, which then led to, <coughs> excuse me, a full performance that scene that was going to happen like after, which didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then Lars said something about how they're going to be popping up here and there throughout. And maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they wanted that to happen so people wouldn't just show up at the end. You know, maybe there were people that were coming that didn't really have any interest in the boxing or, you know, the fighting, and they just wanted to be there for Metallica. And then there were people that were there just for the boxing that didn't care about Metallica. So it was that was a little strange uh, and kind of an odd choice, um, dep- given what it was clear what their interests were, right? You know, you got said the Nick Cannons and the Fat Joes of the world, and then all the boxers are all in. And it had this very hip-hop vibe to it. Uh, so I don't know why uh, Snoop Dogg wasn't there, and I don't know why Metallica was, <laughs> other than they just got the call, and they're always up for doing something kind of neat and cool, and I was certainly glad that they were, man. Uh, so perfectly, and you know, I didn't think Metallica was going to do their normal show, where if you're a Metallica geek like me, you know that if you ever go see Metallica, and you're in the big arena, and you're talking with your buddy, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, uh, you know, do you think I got time to go get a beer or I got to go pee? If you know the ACDC song, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. If you hear that playing, don't move, don't move because that means they're next. And if you go to the show and are playing songs over the PA and you suddenly you hear people get excited about the, an ACDC song, you're like, well, why are they so excited about this song? It's because those people know what I'm telling you. They know that Metallica is next. And then they do this big ecstasy of gold from Ennio Morricone and all that. And I didn't think they were going to do any of that or, or start with one of their older, you know, classic songs. I kind of figured that they would start with Fuel, you know, the give me fuel, give me fire, you know, that one from, from, from 97's Reload. And that's exactly what happened. And they lit that place up. Check this out.
So that sets the stage, right? I mean, come on, we're already here, and Metallica kicks off two, you know, with two songs, with Fuel, and then, and then Ride the Lightning, uh, which was kind of, a, of of obscure and seemed kind of for the for the diehards. Uh, interesting, you know, the Metallica fans hadn't quite arrived yet. There was there was very few people on the field. I was able to see those two songs. Uh, it was like a private show. It was like a rehearsal or something. I mean, I mean, they they were doing it for real. Trust me. But I just mean like I've never have been that comfy seeing Metallica. It was great. Uh, okay, and so now talk about legitimacy. So we got Metallica over here. All right, then we've got the hottest ring girls you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and then you've got the dancers throughout the the arena. Okay, I mean this is a party, man. And then of course you got the man, Michael Buffer, Mister Let's Get Ready to Rumble himself, to kick things off. And off to the races we go. So the very first bout was uh, was Harry Gigliotti uh, versus Jacob Thrall. Uh, that went for the full five rounds, uh, and ultimately, uh, Gigliotti wins by split decision. I, I won't forget Fat Joe's reaction. What was kind of cool, too, is that where Fat Joe and Eric B. and Nick Cannon were, were this kind of this almost like front of house kind of elevated kind of area, but when they were talking and doing their commentary, it was pumped into the stadium, so you could be a part of it and hear it. And instead of just being like, oh, I wonder what they're saying, or it's only for the people on pay-per-view that could hear it, or whatever. Uh, but, uh, so that was really cool, and, he, and in fact, Joe kept going, Gagliotti, Gagliotti, obviously clearly a big fight fan, uh, and just made it a whole lot of fun. So we already already in for five rounds of of, of this new thing called Triad Combat. We've already heard two songs from Metallica. And up next was the match that I was looking forward to seeing. And it, it didn't last very long. You blink at your eye and there it went. But man, it was for me the highlight of the evening. And and uh, just again, once again, Alex, Alexa Culpa is just awesome. And so we're going to be talking with her. And I want you to hear all about that. So let me let me lead you up to here. Again, um, she was facing a boxer named Angelina uh, Hofschneider. And man, Alexa just comes to the ring ready to get it on. Uh, we were at the, the weigh-in uh, the day before. And she just looked like a star. She just looked tough and ready to go. And nothing against Angelina. But Alexa, this this kind of looked like it was just going to be a layup, and boy was it ever! But it still is the first women's one, and she's going to set this, and she ended up setting a record. And getting some background on Alexa, uh, she's only twenty one years old. She's uh, she's five foot four, and she comes from Lee's Summit, Missouri, and her MMA record is two and one. Of course, now her triad combat is one to zero, baby, and just came to the ring like a stallion. Check this out. So she will reach them faster than a regular person who lives at sea level. But wow, that was a barrage. It's over. It's over. This one's over. So Alexa Cole with the TKO victory over Angelina Hochschneider. Not even 45 seconds. What a win by Alexa Cole. And a five point win for Team MMA. 
one-way traffic in favor of 21-year-old Alexa Cole. That is a win with emphasis, Ray. And that's a big two-point margin in favor now of Team MMA Boss. So that TKO victory for Alexa Cole has elevated Team MMA over Team Boxing by two points. You see, and, and, and just 40 and literally seconds after the fight, we had a great chance to speak with her. Here's my interview with the winner and the new record holder, Alexa Culp. Congratulations, 46 seconds. I didn't have time to even take a picture. Walk me through that. Ooh, we just knew that as long as I got into the center and controlled, controlled the center, I could pick if I want to take her to the corner or not. But our main focus was just letting my hands go this camp because we knew I had power in them. And I'm so, I really am grapple heavy, but I'm also good at striking. I just needed a space to kind of force myself to trust it. And it worked. Well, she came out strong though, but so what was your defense going into that? Just to see everything. As long as I stay calm, I can see anything. Okay. So we're good. She's not very like tricky with her hands. She's got her head bobbing the whole time. So I knew it'd be somewhere. I just had to start finding it. And as soon as I did, if I can touch you, I can touch you again. So it was just over, 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 over. Well, I can tell that you saw an opening there whenever she'd had a wild swing and you went to the left. What were you thinking in that moment? I was just cutting an angle around it. I knew I had to let, she wanted to swing on where I was, so I had to change that. I had to change the scene and make her brain reset. Were you trying to finish this fight as quick as you could? Always. <laughs> I know, because we wanted me to be patient and show off my skills. So I was waiting, the, the finish will show up. I wasn't looking for anything specific other than getting my, my game going. Well, the world just saw what you can do. Congratulations. Well, when can we see you again? I don't know. Whenever I get that call, I guess. Congratulations. Thanks again. Yes. Thank you. And if you would like to see a visual of that, make sure you're checking out Tricky Kid TV on YouTube. That's our YouTube channel is Tricky Kid TV. Lots and lots of great content, including that one right there, with lots of different extra bonus footage that you'd only would be able to see there. And you'd be able to see that interview with extra stuff and lots and lots, lots more. And we hope to see a lot more from Alexa Culp uh, in the very near future. And the rest of the event was uh, was pretty awesome, man. Uh, let's see here. Um, Albert Tumanoff uh, defeated Scott Sigmund again <clears throat> uh, via unanimous decision. That went a full uh, seven rounds. Uh, Derek Campos uh, defeated uh, Brian Vera, and that was via a majority decision. So all these were, were were you know were going the distance here, you know, and giving you a full night of boxing. <clears throat> Mike Parody defeated Michael Seals via split decision. That was probably uh, the the second best for me uh, match of the evening. That was that was a brutal contest, man. That was a hard fought deal. Uh, went all the way to the end. That was one of the ones where you weren't sure. You know, you almost seem like you know when they when they give the decision like someone so scores that you're like we know who wins. But that was one where even the boxers reacted to like wow okay. Like you, you did not know who was going to win that uh, until the very end. Uh, so that was that was a, a neat, neat deal there that happened there. Uh, and then before we get to uh, the main event and more Metallica, we need to check in with our sponsors, and we'll be right back. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. 
Now, back to the action. And the final bout before the main event was Alexander Flores versus Matt Mitrioni. All right, it's main event time. And here comes Metallica once again to take the stage for a three-song set. And man, they weren't kidding around, man. Imagine like, oh, hey, Metallica's back. And just like in a boxing match. And one, two, three, master of puppets, nothing else matters, and enter Sandman. Here's a little bit of that. Now it's time for the main event of the boxing and the fighting for the evening. And it's boxer Kubrat Pulev versus MMA fighter Frank Mir. Now, as you can see throughout this thing between Rampage Jackson and Shannon Briggs, that man MMA has just taken it to the boxers. Well, in the main event, this is where boxing gets their revenge. The upper body power and strength. Like Kubrat Pulev killing apparently. Oh, big right hand. Mears hurt. He's out on his feet. He's out on his feet. Left hook. He's out on his feet. What is Mergliano doing? He's out on his feet. This one's over. Kubrat Pulev has wiped out Frank Mir in round one. And this would have, if not for Alexa Culp, this would have been the shortest fight of the evening. It only went literally uh, one second shy of two minutes. Now, now, here's what's interesting. This is what where I, I put you on the ground here. Uh, boots on the ground to understand what's going on here. Okay, so after Metallica played those two songs, like I said in the very beginning of the show, there was nobody there. Even the people coming in for boxing. I mean, they literally were playing for the pay-per-view and like us, the media and stuff. And maybe a few fans. But when they played right before the main event, now you had almost 20,000 strong, maybe even even, even at 20,000 strong, ready. So when they only played three songs, maybe some people didn't realize that there's going to be a full set after because this was this giant boo. And I was trying to re- I was like, you guys do know that they're coming back, right? And it was just funny to, to hear Nick Cannon having to reassure the crowd, like, hey, there's plenty more Metallica to come and all that. And and I love it when those worlds collide like that. You know, you don't you don't really hear 
Nick Cannon say the word Metallica a lot, and uh, and certainly not that many times in one night. It kind of felt like the 1989 Grammys all over again. Tweet at me if you know if you get that joke at all. I met uh, Tricky Kid in the number two, and of course for this program we are TKR Wrestling. So that's where almost uh, where I was tweeting from. I, I was also doing it from the main Tricky Kid Radio Show, but I was mainly tweeting from the TKR Wrestling uh, program. Uh, I mean Twitter uh, stream there. So that's what's interesting is that all these Metallica fans, you know, clearly just showed up. They don't give a shit about boxing. Please let this be over. We have no idea who these people are. And it only lasted two minutes. And they were like, all right, let's rejoice. Let's get it together. Let's make it happen. And by the time they did the announcements, first of all, let me walk you through the fight just a little tiny bit there. So... Kubrat just comes up and just starts beating the shit out of Frank Murr. And like again, and within a minute, Murr is is just wobbly. He like fell into the corner like he was doing a buckle bomb. And everybody was just like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is done. And so the uh, the ref calls it. It's done. The Metallica fans, yeah, great. So now we can, you know, we, we can see what we came for. But all the formalities of... The announcements and who won and then the post-show stuff. And like I told you before, the stuff with Nick Cannon, Fat Joe, and Eric B. is pumped into, into the, to the, the stadium. And they spent about 25 minutes talking about a two-minute match. So much so that the Metallica fans, and that were, keep in mind, they're in the stadium. They're, they're, in, the, they're in the seats up here because the floor seats were expensive. I mean, if you were... You know, they were like three hundred bucks. So if you were paying for that, you were paying for the for the fight. But you could buy a fifty dollar ticket and sit up top, and but you were going to be far away from Metallica, but at an expensive what you know uh, way. All right. So just to show you, just also how I don't want to say tone deaf, but I'm just saying like how people on the floor they were even even the the two nice gentlemen I mentioned earlier were looking at me like. Why Why are they booing? Like, what are they booing? And I was like, they want them to shut the fuck up so they can see, you know, the Metallica show. I, I wanted the same thing. I was like, let's get this going. And because that was interesting because it was now like, it was like 1130. So that's got to be a first. That's you know, for, for Metallica. First of all, I think that was the first time they had ever played Fuel as the opening song since 2015. I'll cut to the chase and tell you a little bit about the actual show. Uh, I think that's got to be one of the only times since 1989 that they never they did not play the song one. And why would they? Why would they play this depressing war song during during the celebration type kind of deal? And I liked how loose it was. It wasn't your typical Metallica thing, you know, which I love the typical Metallica thing. I'm just saying, like, it wasn't like, you know, you bought a ticket, you went to the show. It was just Metallica fans. Or the hardcore ones. In fact, these were this was kind of a Metallica one on one. Even though they did play like Ride the Lightning, they even did Whiskey in the Jar. Kind of cool, right? But I don't know. Has there ever been a time where Metallica played two songs and then three hours later resumed their set? There were three hours between that opening thing and then the three songs before the main event. And now, after they played those three songs. Before they're to start their what they were calling a a set you know a main event seventy five minute uh, thing, almost another hour had passed. 
So think about that. They, you know, they do the three songs. Now it's time for the main event. You know, Michael Buffer introduces the main event. The, you know, the, the boxers enter the ring. All the pat, the, the pomps and circumstance and the pageantry. They have a two-minute fight, and then all the talking after. So like another hour had gone by since they had been on stage. Just so crazy, so strange. And so the people were getting a little unruly. And ultimately, they did play 16 songs, but over a, like a, literally a six-hour period. But man, they uh, they did not disappoint. So, so the whole thing—if seriously, like if you're a boxing fan or even, or even a Metallica fan—for me, it was almost worth. Like if I had had to have paid, and I was there as a fan, as compared to being a member of the invited media, Michael Buffer introducing Metallica. Is I don't even know if they knew that was going to happen or if that was part of the deal, you know. So after all, I said the pomp and circumstance. Here comes Michael Buffer back into the ring one more time to introduce Metallica, which in of itself is just surreal and awesome and and completely like worth being there. But even again, back to the kind of the tone deafy type kind of thing I mentioned before. Uh, that felt like Grammys 89 is he introduced them as the undisputed champions or the, the undisputed heavyweight champions of metal rock. <laughs> oh man. Uh, check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, there are stars, there are superstars, and then there are And then here they come, man. Michael Buffer says Metallica. Metallica says Whiplash. And the hits just kept on coming, man. They did The Memory Remains, uh, Wherever I May Roam, Sad But True. Very heavy on the Black Album since they're celebrating their 40th anniversary, which I encourage you to check out our 1991 episode that celebrates all things from, from that year, including the birth of Metallica's Black Album on our main show, which, of course, is Tricky Kid Radio. 
they did Creeping Death. Again, the Unforgiven from the Black Album, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I mentioned earlier, Whiskey in the Jar. Uh, Fade to Black, Battery, and then Seek and Destroy. And it went till like 1 a.m. Uh, it was a cold and nasty rainy night to get there. I came all the way from Frisco. And, and there was technically right after the main event match, there was a... Uh, press conference and I don't really know the details because I skipped it <laughs> so that I could rock out with Metallica I had on regular clothes but had on a my kill em all uh, electric chair Metallica shirt underneath and and it was time to grab a beer and it was I just took advantage of it man I was literally right up front literally no one around me it was like a private Metallica show beer guys 10 feet away with no line uh, it was tremendous. Uh, had a great time. Can't wait to do it again. Uh, once again, Bernie B, shout out to you, my friend. Thank you. And Double B Sports and Magna Media, Owen Phillips at Fight uh, TV. Uh, obviously, to Alexa Culp, once again, congratulations on your win. Great meeting you. Great. Thank you for talking with us. And uh, can't wait to see you back in the ring. And can't wait to come back and uh, and be part of this again. Thanks again to the mighty Metallica uh, for rocking out and to all the, the participants and the boxers and the fighters and the MMAs and Rampage and Shannon and Nick Cannon, Fat Joe, Eric B., the incredibly gorgeous uh, ring girls, Michael Buffer. Man, what a night. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, our little detour away from wrestling and, and into our foray into the world of MMA and boxing. And we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program next week. So we hope to see you then. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller, theme music by The Buck Pets, original score by Jocelyn Hunt, artwork by Antora Sandy, marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.